Not just like ripped him up and ruined him. I mean, like I found like a foil Charizard and I was like, oh, just started ripping into the thing. Welcome, everybody, to the first episode of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG fan music podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Meyerink, and you may know me from such other podcasts as Random Encounter. And with me today is my fine associate. I'm Derek Hemesbriggen, I'm Embryon on the boards, and I am also on Random Encounter and nothing else. But hey, we got to start somewhere, right? Well, starting on the best podcast ever is the best place to start. That's true. Yeah, we can only really go up. So, um, And this one isn't meant to be better. Just a compliment. Yes. Uh, so, as you may have guessed by the title, this is our music-centric podcast. Uh, it's sort of a spin... Uh, we spun it off from our special episode that we did, Music of the Year. And, you know, basically what we'll be doing with each episode is we'll talk about some of the albums we've recently reviewed on RPG Fan, and, and then we'll go into a special topic, uh, as you may have guessed from today's title. Uh, today's special topic is Dreamcast Classics, which... Doesn't really give us a whole lot to work from, but... But, but everything we can pick is going to be awesome. Yes. So, uh, just a few things I want to say when we got started. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to the podcast VG Empire, run by Brett Elston. Uh, he, uh, that, it's the only music podcast I know of, and it's one that I am shamelessly cribbing part of the format for this show from. Uh, but it's a fantastic podcast that focuses on all manner of game music instead of just RPGs and adventures like we do. All the guys on there are really funny, uh, they're super knowledgeable, and I promise you'll feel like crazy nostalgia when you're listening to it. So if you like this show and you haven't heard that one, definitely go take a listen to that. Secondly, everything on here, we will include in the show notes a location where you can get this music. You can be bought through iTunes or through CD Japan or PlayAsia, you know, various different places, uh, depending on what it is. Uh, in some cases, you know, there'll be promotional releases and things like that but we'll make sure you know where you can get this stuff and support these musicians so our most recent review actually uh it's on the front page now probably won't be by the time it's posted but uh john tucker reviewed the mugen souls soundtrack which in japanese is atoteki yugi mugen souls atoteki soundtrack and atoteki is overwhelming and yugi is game so it's the overwhelming game mugen souls overwhelming soundtrack i'm already overwhelmed yeah i can't even process Maybe the musical overwhelm was in a good way. Actually, uh, John's review, uh, John T's review, actually, it was very detailed. And he actually said in his game and the soundtrack review that he thought the music was the strongest element of the game. And, I mean, if you're a fan of NIS, you know the composers Tenpei Sato and Kenji Kaneko. They're, you know, they're pretty much the standbys for that company, and they've done some great work. I'm not especially fond of the Disgaea soundtracks, but there are plenty of people who are. And I actually did like the Mugen Souls soundtrack. So uh, our first track is going to be from Mugen Souls. It's called Dance of the Cherry Blossoms. It's the 12th track on disc one. And this track in particular was composed by Kenji Kaneko.
So I haven't played Bogan Souls, but I have to say, like, I really did like that track. Uh, we were saying during the break, uh, it starts out with this like really traditional like Japanese shamisen type sound, and I really started to think, oh man, it's it's kind of just going to be you know the traditional Asian sound. But what do you think about that? I th- I thought the same thing, but it sort of subverted it subverted itself in the middle because it starts out with that really twangy sound that you have come to expect from any kind of anytime you hear traditional Japanese music, you get like the flute and the shamisen, and then you're like, okay, well I know exactly what this is going to sound like. But in the middle, it gets kind of dark, and there's some heavy drum that sounds cool, and uh, it gets it sort of lets its hair down a little bit, gets kind of chaotic. So I liked it. I, I imagine it must be some kind of a battle theme right yeah that's kind of what i'm thinking it, it's tough for me to say more about it because i mean i i have so little experience with nis tracks but i wanted to at least get this one in there because you know uh john t said how good it was and i actually did like the samples so there's 10 more samples from this album if people want to hear it too so definitely check out john's review so uh, our next track that we've picked is the single for the new lightning returns trailer it's called crimson blitz and Mike Salbato just reviewed this for us. It's the song that was used um, in the, the promo trailer that you've probably seen about 100 times by now if you care about the game. Which, now that I think about it, everybody might not. I do, but I'm in the minority. Hey, I like Assassin's Creed. I don't like Assassin's yeah, Creed. Uh, but I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'd, be, I'd be more likely to play an Assassin's Creed if it starred a Final Fantasy character. Mm, and had coherent writing. But Mate, Well, okay, that's going to be the biggest problem for the <laughs> game. But anyway, the game aside, the music's pretty cool. It's a... Uh, it's the recurring motif kind of thing it has the blinded by light theme and it sort of plays around with it. it's got this little doomsday feel but let's not talk about it too much let's just give it a listen uh, next we've got crimson blitz
That definitely strikes me as a trailer song, for better or worse. Yeah, it's... I think we're thinking the same thing. Like, for a two and a half minute track, a minute of build up is pretty, pretty, pretty excessive. But uh, on the other hand, it is a trailer. I mean, it's literally the song from the trailer. So, and it's sixty nine cents. So it exactly. And it's it's very Masashi Hamauzu. It sounds like his work from the previous games. So it fits in thematically. And I like the bit at about, it's it's like between a minute, minute 20-ish, when you get the little syncopated beats, where in the trailer it shows the clock spinning, and it goes like... Is that, is that when the, the blinded by light theme comes in? It's it's right before it. I like that. I like the little, the little offset clock beats, uh, the little notes, and then it goes back into the blinded by light theme. I think anybody who's played Final Fantasy XIII um, would recognize, why wouldn't you recognize Blinded by Light? And it's a really, I think it's a really good song. I, I like it a lot. It's one of my favorite Final Fantasy battle themes. It gets stuck in my head for like days every time I hear it. Yeah, I think well, I think a lot of people were kind of skeptical before Hamuzu did uh, Thirteen, And when I first heard that in the demo, I was like, all right, well, I'm on board. Like, yeah, it's a really good song. Regardless of what you think about the game, I think most people would agree that it's a pretty catchy song. The whole soundtrack so, is great, I think. It is. 13-2, I actually liked even better. Was there, I can't remember, was there a Lightning, or not a Lightning Returns, um, a Blinded by Light mix in 13-2? There's not, but there's Lightning's theme is like Blinded by Light, but piano. Yeah. So okay. there's a there's an arrangement of it in there. So. Okay, yeah. But I think it's I think that's a pretty it's a pretty cool song. It doesn't need to be as long as it is, but like Mike said in his review, it's the cost it's it costs as much as switching your milk for soy milk at Starbucks, which you know, God bless Mike for making that joke. I gotta love him, but Does it really cost sixty nine cents to get soy milk at Starbucks? Does it I don't know, like seventy? I mean I I only go to Starbucks like every other day, Stephen. God, why would I know that? I'm a real man. I drink my coffee black. I don't want to hear it, really. Why don't we talk about another song? All right, fine. <laughs> so um, the next track we're going with, uh, this actually comes from Kyle's review of Primordia, which is a totally sweet adventure game with some sick atmosphere. Like the coolest atmosphere ever. <laughs> it looks so awesome. Yeah, it it um, it's like this dystopian future where you play as this robot, and I haven't, I haven't had a chance to play the game beyond the demo yet, but um, the soundtrack was available from Good Old Games as like a... a not a pre-order bonus, but like if you buy it from Good Old Games, you get all those goodies and stuff. But Kyle reviewed the soundtrack, and it's a lot of it is very atmospheric um, and kind of dissonant. Not necessarily, not not. It doesn't defy melody, but I think we we went with the the title theme track Primordia because I think it does kind of encompass the game really well. So before we say anything else, let's go ahead and listen to it.
that track really like at first I, I said it too and I had to actually look it up to see if it was the same composer it reminds me of Aquaria um, it's not the same composer this was a uh, Nathaniel Chambers. Um, I, I'm actually not familiar with his work, but um, if it's all this good, it's probably awesome. But like at first, I got that sort of like, like I guess otherworldly kind of tone from it that reminded me of Aquaria. But then as it got like uh, you know two or three minutes in, I'm going to steal your comment. It had that kind of like 80s synth going on, and it really started to even remind me of Mass Effect. Like it just had this real like thrumming bass and just kind of like it. I don't know. It's hard for me to explain. Like you're. I can't articulate it, but... Use your words, Stephen. It's otherworldly, all right? Okay, I think otherworldly is the perfect word to describe it. I also thought that it sounded very, synth- like, older synthy. It reminded me of Nausicaa a bit. Joe, he says she's working Nausicaa. Kaze, uh, Kaze no Tani. Oh, no yeah. Kaze no Tani no Nausicaa no something or other. So, it's movie, got... That's a movie the, where people do wear pants, too. People have, told me that. They people have told me they don't wear pants in that movie, but... They're wearing skin-colored they pants. For sure. I love that movie, though. But I don't want... I mean, I always want to talk about Nausicaa. But Primordia, the name of the game being Primordia is very apt, I think, because when I hear that, I think of this, like, dark, brown, boggy swamp and all these little bugs buzzing around and um, that, like, sound sort of... It's it's very, like... It makes me feel like I'm in a bubble, yeah, it's yeah. That's that's what I was looking for. Like you feel like there's like something between you and the world, like I don't I, like a, like a barrier. But it makes me want to play the game. It's super evo- evocative. Absolutely, me too. And I haven't been playing a lot of adventure games lately, so that's that would be a really good one to ease me back into it. Other than like Virtue's Last Reward, which is amazing. Yeah, I just finished that, and we're gonna review that music soon too. And we'll talk about that music because Shinji Hosoe is awesome. But yeah, we will. All right, so let's move on to the next one. This uh, next track is going to be from Rainbow Moon Melodies, composed by Raphael Dill. And I just reviewed this soundtrack a couple of weeks ago. This is for a strategy RPG that's for uh, PS3, and I believe there's a version of it coming to Vita. And it has this original soundtrack that's got a really cool like 90s JRPG vibe to it. It's very electronic and very melody-driven. And the selection that we picked today is of Hills and Meadows, and I will let you listen to it. It's a bit of a softer piece, and uh, we'll invite comparisons to Chrono Trigger, possibly, after we come back.
So I reviewed that game, and I actually think the music uh, outpaces the game. The game is solid, but it's a little bit generic, and it's it's very grindy. But like, if you like having a ton of content in your strategy RPG um, and just fighting endlessly without a whole lot of like story impetus, there's a lot to be. You know, it's I mean, it's crazy good for the price. But I I found myself playing through more just to hear new songs because just I think Raphael Del's soundtrack is just fantastic for this game. I aggressively battled Derek uh, to pick this track in particular because when I first heard this, I was like, hey, I'm in 600 AD again and Chrono's walking around. I just, I, I get such a, I know it's not an identical sound, but for some reason it just really reminds me of that. And like, uh, of PS1 era RPGs in general, I just, I get such a vibe from this soundtrack, almost as if he was intentionally trying to like pay homage to those. Yeah, it seems like it. That that track in particular has got a very woody, like a low flute mysterious sort of i i get it like when you say 600 ad i totally imagine the the world map screen with the fog and everything yeah with that along to that song and i would also agree that i i also i have not played this game at all i've only listened to the music and i will be diplomatic and say that i think that the art style is not in line with my tastes which is what i said in the review um but the the music is awesome it's way more awesome than I feel like it has any right to be, but it has like that that '90s synth palette, you know, like like that. Yeah. So many games had that same sort of sound from the '90s. It, yep. it just, I, I I I get that vibe from it, and I I mean that's undoubtedly what they were going for. But yeah, it's very cool sounding. And if you if you guys go and check out the review I did of this, um, there's uh, I I pick samples of the tracks that I like the very most, of course. But I really like the song "Crossing Blades." It's a cool song. I picked three battle tracks and two um, uh, background tracks, kind of. And Crossing Blades and On Guard are two really cool battle tracks, so I would go check that out. We do have the samples up and everything. Yeah, that game... Sorry. I was going to say, you can get the album directly through East Asia Soft. Yeah. Um, it's, it's It's not available on Raphael Dill's Bandcamp page anymore, I think, because it's published officially by East Asia Soft. But I I was going to say before that, too, I think... To its credit, since you spend 90% of your time in battle or getting into battle, uh, the battle themes are pretty catchy. And they're pretty, if I remember correctly, they're pretty long loops, too. So it, mm-hmm. if, if you like this track, it's worth checking out the rest rest of the whole album because a lot of the music is really fantastic and just super evocative. It's a good one. All right. So our next pick is uh, a track from East Salsetta no Jukai. Also known as East Foliage Ocean and Salsetta, now known as East Memories of Salsetta. Thanks Thank you, Exceed. I love you, Exceed. Thank well, you. I've... We kind of synchronized on that. that was, yeah, that and was I good. and I even predicted, and I, I reviewed this soundtrack as well. Um, uh, and I also predicted I was like, I bet we're gonna get this game this year. I bet we will, and we totally did, or we will. So I'm really excited about that. So this track is. Probably, if you were to listen to this soundtrack, uh, I don't know if you would necessarily pick this one as your first one to like to single out. But I picked Harlequin's Temptation. It's a song that is super evocative of Castlevania for me. And I don't want to say much more, but this is uh, presumably a dungeon track. And I'm going to jam out to this when I play the game. But give it a listen. Harlequin's Temptation by Toshiharu Okajima. I'm going to go tempt some Harlequin's BRB. Go ahead. Me too.
does that not remind you of Castlevania? The gongs? I can imagine myself going through the clock tower in that. I, I get kind of like a Mega Man X, PS1, like X4, X5, X6 vibe, or a Sailor Moon vibe. <laughs> it, yeah. It, no, really. I, I, was, I was saying during the break, I, got, I totally get a Sailor Moon vibe from that. Steven said that's sort of the generic, like, 90s anime thing, but not, not, I did. Not generic, because that makes it sound pejorative, but, like, 80s, 90s, like, you know how, like, J-pop and, like, animes and games had that sort of sound? And, and Sound Team JDK has had that sound for the longest time. I think they managed to diversify a lot. Like that doesn't have like the the wailing guitars that I would associate with them. It's a little more piano heavy, but which is good. Yeah, I mean, for me, I like that because I don't have a particularly strong attachment to really any of Falcom's games. I mean, I and I've enjoyed the ones I've played, but I haven't been like this is incredible. Um, but I've always thought they had solid music, if a little bit samey, at least to me. I know I get in trouble for saying that but well it, uh, it can't get a little bit samey but i'm gonna defend east forever you know that yeah i, know I will well i i think salsetta sounds really different and i've been hearing on certain sections of the internet that people actually hate this soundtrack because it doesn't it's so weird well i i think it doesn't include certain tracks that were in the original release this is east four right yeah yeah and i i guess it doesn't include some really popular tracks but i mean what's here for me is one of my favorite east soundtracks i've heard so but you know i'm i'm a I'm a I'm a heathen non-believer, so I suppose my, you are. my you are a heathen. You're my little heathen. I agree that it's not their best album, but it's not the best East soundtrack, but it's a good one. And there's some awesome. A lot of that soundtrack sounds super '90s to me. So if you're a fan of um, like '90s rock, take definitely take a listen. '90s rock, it's got a good amount of synth in it too. It's a cool album, and I'm glad that we get to actually play the game. So that wraps us up for our recent albums kind of section. Uh, so today's topic is a topic we, we were debating for forever and ever. Like, oh, what are we going to do for the first episode? What do we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about, you know, sweep it in battle themes or which is a good idea. But do we want to talk about, you know, the classic our favorite songs from Rhapsody and Musical Adventure? I haven't played Rhapsody, but if that game doesn't have fantastic, it's kind of like Eternal Sonata. If you don't have an awesome soundtrack when your game is about music, you're screwed. Well, it's definitely uh, musical. So we could sing. Cornet is my name, and I'm a puppeteer, too. There's the intro, and I'm not going to sing. No. <laughs> but, so, today's topic, Dreamcast Classics. So, the Dreamcast was awesome, and if you don't agree, well... You're, just, you're wrong. You're just wrong. Even though I, I, as a kid, I was sort of a foolish PS2 fanboy, and, like, my friends would come over to my house with this Dreamcast and be like, hey, try out this game, Skies of Arcadia. Oh, it looks stupid. I'm going to keep playing Metal Gear. Oh, why are the characters' hands blocks? That's dumb. So you I probably would have stolen my Pokemon cards too, wouldn't you? Actually, uh, when I was a kid, I don't know if I should share this story. It's going to make me sound like a psycho. But when I, when I was a kid, I actually went to a birthday party and some kid made me mad. So I chewed up a bunch of his Pokemon cards and like ripped them to shreds <laughs> with my teeth. Like, not just like ripped them up and ruined them. I mean, like I found like a foil Charizard and I was like, oh, no. I just started ripping into the thing. Uh, yeah, Psycho. I used to have kind of a short fuse. I still do. So, obviously, I really feel like you don't start a podcast about Dreamcast music without mentioning, well, any of these games, but Fantasy Star Online. That, I don't know about you, but for everyone I've talked to that enjoyed the game and didn't hate it because it wasn't classic Fantasy Star, which admittedly I was inclined to hate it at first, but I loved it. Fantasy Star Online. It's it sort of ushered in the generation of console cooperative online action RPGs. I mean, that's really specific, but for all intents and purposes, this was the first time any of my friends that didn't play PC games were playing a game online 
uh, on their console. And it just, it, it was Diablo, which I already love Diablo. So to take a classic series, and at first it's not, it, you know, if you look at Fantasy Star Online, it doesn't really have much to do with the old series. Like it's, you know, space sci-fi. There's a lot of homages in the music and, you know, here and there and like the text. But for the most part, it's a separate series entirely. And I mean, at least for me, I just it's pretty amazing. I definitely spent quite a bit of time tying up our phone line at home. Oh, Star online was my first uh, online game. And man, I used to piss my mom off. Like she'd be like, will you get off that game? And I'd be like, no, mom, I have to level up my mag. I just Uh I only I was only able to play it online on Dreamcast for like a week because I had like my family had already gotten broadband and the Dreamcast didn't have a well it had one but it was like super obscure and I think Fantasy Star didn't work with it but so like I couldn't ever play it online except for like a week when I got an illegal Net Zero account and like signed up with a fake name so I could play Fantasy Star online with my friend and I just remember I was just enamored with it and then you know I got to level five and Dayroli destroyed me over and over and over again but most of my did you ever. Did you ever get your stuff stolen in your week of play? Did anybody ever be like, hey, uh, Opa, you should drop your uh, items. I'll totally give you, like, a rare weapon. No, but I got nulled. What do you mean? Are you not familiar with null? All right, well, apparently there was this hack that went on for a long time with the game uh, called null, where it would turn you into a level one character called null with all the basic equipment. So I was, like, level... I had gotten to, like, level 16, and so some guy nulled me, and my character turned into null. I was Talus, the level 16... Uh, what was I? A phone or a hewn world or something, and uh, I became Talus, the level one, Noel. And then you went on to star in Final Fantasy thirteen too. <laughs> no, not Noel. Uh, and, I know, I know, Noel, N U L O. So PSO music, it's uh, awesome. <clears throat> and the first track we picked is the opening theme because I mean, because for, it's the opening theme. Yeah, it def. I'm going to go out there and say it defined a generation. But no, seriously, like this, it's the opening thing to PSO. It's awesome. It's a whole new world. Literally, it's called a whole new world.
Oh, that song. I how can, how can you not like Dreamcast? That's just that defined a generation. That song is so cool. Like I remember going to like Walmarts that had Dreamcast. Did Walmarts have Dreamcast? Whatever store had Dreamcast. <laughs> just hearing that song on an endless loop because they would leave it on the title screen and you know people would be like, "This game is what even is this?" And I'm just like, "It's Fantasy Star." Oh, like. I was super skeptical because I was like, oh, they're bringing it online. It doesn't have the story. What about the Algol system? Like, what is this What is this Ragol crap? But, oh, that song just, I was literally sold the moment I heard that. I was like, well, all right. It's very orchestral. And not a lot of games had that at that point, I think. So that might have. Yeah, I think, it, like, I mean, you had, like, synth orchestra stuff. But because prior to that you had basically just PlayStation and N64, it was like, you know, you either had the N64, which, you know, there was some decent music on there. I didn't particularly love the N64, but it was, you know, cartridge-based music, and you had those sort of limitations. When you, you know, when PS1, you had, you know, synth libraries still and that sort of thing. And I think here, I mean, you got, you know, full recorded. Not that that had been unprecedented, but... Yeah, it's a cool song. It reminds me of PSO. I mean, I don't know what else to say. That's what it's supposed to do. That's why I picked it. Exactly. That's why I picked our next song. The track title is Cry for Idol of the Holy uh, by Hideki Kobayashi. Anyone that's played PSO for any extended amount of time will recognize this. This is the Dark Falls 2 battle theme. The one that starts only when you, you can't get to this fight in normal, uh, if I recall. Yeah, you have to be in at least hard or ultimate or very hard. Yeah, you have to. Uh, and this is like the super final boss track. And I can picture my little goofy character kind of waddling around. That that weird like slow accelerate run that they had going on in that in that in that game where you know you'd start walking and then your character would track something and slow down and then you'd start walking fast again and just I remember running around in that big giant circle of light hoping I didn't get stabbed to death and usually getting stabbed to death. So this is Cry for Idola the Holy.
It's another boss song with chorus. Yeah, but Again. it's awesome. I mean, it's super synthy, but it doesn't matter. That that song is the Dark Falls fight. I, I remember just playing that game and caught with my brothers, and we would be running around. We were like 10 levels too low, and every time he did that move where like he like ties the cord to you, and like if you hit him, you die, it would pretty much mean every single time my youngest brother would get killed, and then I'd have to go revive him, <laughs> and I'd get killed. And then that was just that was the end of the party. But man, that that oh, it's so cool. It is really cool. I'm just ragging on it. I'm just I'm just poking fun. It is a really cool song. And I also, when I hear that song, I think of the the when you finally win and you get like the field of flowers. Oh yeah, and that, like Red Ring Rico comes flying out of Dark Falls' body for some reason. Yeah, and you're like, oh, so that's Red Ring Rico. Yeah, you're like, I've been ignoring every single one of these little story things, but yeah, all right, I guess I saved her. So that the principal's going to be happy now. Yeah, was it, it's a cool song. I like it. He was the principal, right? The, the dude who sent you on your little adventure to go destroy countless indigenous citizens of the planet? Yeah, what a nice guy. Yeah, well, they, I mean, they stole his daughter. So it's like the exact same story as Final Fight. Uh, Yeah, I guess. In space. Fantastic. Final Fight in Space. That is PSO. So, music. Derek. The uh, the next song, speaking of the principal, uh, where does that principal live? On Pioneer 2. So, nobody could have played PSO and not heard Pioneer 2. It is the song that plays when you're in the ship, the Pioneer 2. And I have spent so many nights just hanging out in Pioneer 2, like, chatting with friends and... Symbol chatting with people? Yep. Like, the, uh, like faces. Or like noises. You you would yeah. find those people online that spent like six hours making creepy faces or like you know yeah. you know, people with like bodily parts, that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Well, anytime you're given a creative medium, what do you do? You yeah. find a way to make a penis out of it. Yep. So the song Pioneer Two everybody's heard, but it's so good. We'd have to listen to it again. song is just literally like you hear that and i'm like well, all right i just i imagine like you know how everybody kind of stood still and like head bobbed in that game like when you were standing yeah it's like well they weren't they weren't singing they were doing the pioneer 2 song but i killed this yeah they sure were i just think of being scammed i guess i was a gullible kid see 
It's going to make me sound horrible. My friends and I were the people on Diablo who were scamming people. And oh, I'm sure. I, well, I, you I, ate Pokemon cards, so is it surprising? I, we were, I wasn't very nice, man. I, hey. I never scammed anyone on PSO, though. I, I got an old, but I never scammed anyone. Like, well, I mean, I didn't really have any. I was with my brother, so I mean, if I scammed anybody, it was my younger brother. I was like, hey, that disc sucks. You should give it to me. Oh, okay. What will you give me? Saber. Yeah, this is a special Saber. See how it has no stars? That means it's so it, good it's it, not it, good it's white it's not green so this one is it's it's better it's than pure. the saber yeah yeah i was PSO the, was a good game yeah pso was but for as much as i love pso our next game on my top 10 of the last decade on rpg fan i put it at number nine i'm starting to think i should have put it at like number four but it's skies of arcadia no discussion of dreamcast or even GameCube, for that matter, even though that version wasn't as good, uh, is complete without talking about Skies of Arcadia. I just... This game... I, I, I'm going to go into long anecdote mode. So, that friend who I mentioned where I was, like, talking crap about the Dreamcast and I was playing Metal Gear 2, he left Skies of Arcadia at my house for, like, four months. He's like, you should go play that game, play that game. I'm like, yeah, all right, I played the first dungeon. This game is dumb, put it down. And then, I guess, I just decided one day in, like, November before Christmas that I was going to play it, and... I got through the first dungeon. I got through, like, the whole first section. and was like, oh, my God, sky people. This is amazing. And then I got to the sewer dungeon. We had to go rescue everybody. And I'd come up out of the sewer, and then the game crashed. Every time, the music would just lock up, and it would crash. And there was, like, no scratch on the disc anywhere, and I couldn't figure it out for the life of me. And my friend was like, well, it worked for me. And I... I was like super upset because I had finally decided I loved the game. And then it was like, yeah, well, you didn't play me in time, so you're done. That Christmas, I got totally on a lark. My mom bought me, Santa Claus bought me a disc repair kit. So I immediately opened that and I ran upstairs, resurfaced the disc, put it in. It worked. And then I literally spent three days straight. I had to have put like 60 hours on the game in three days. Is that possible? Well, I put it. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't sleep much. I beat the game, and I was like, "This is literally like the bestest thing ever." It's like, ugh, what do you think? I think I agree. I think Skies of Arcadia is amazing, and Skies of Arcadia perfectly encapsulates like adventure, that open world, amazing. I know it's it's not an open, it's not like a GTA clone, but when you first get into an airship in that game, you're like, "Holy crap! I could like, go anywhere," and then I you die for treasure. Because everything kills you if you go too far. But but you're like, holy crap, biggest world ever. And yeah, I love floating islands. Anytime there's a game with floating islands, I'm like, sold! Give it to me. I want it. And then, you know, that doesn't always work out, I guess. But Artinale um, did that, didn't it? Didn't Artinale? Uh, well, it had like a tower. Oh. I guess it had like floating land masses and stuff. But floating islands are awesome. <laughs> and Skies of Arcade had a lot of those. And the song that Steven is about to introduce is from one of the best dungeons. Yeah, so uh, I apologize. This is a late game dungeon, so don't listen if you don't want to hear the title. But this is from the Great Silver Shrine. Uh, it's the shrine you go to on the moon near the end of the game that has you like running up the sides of walls. It's just the music is perfect for this dungeon because the moment you hook around and start running up this like shining, flashy wall, I'm like, wow, this is the perfect music for this. It's just this mind-bending, super just... That's that's what I think this game got right too. Is I I tend to not like whimsy. We we make fun of me for this all the time. I don't like Dragon Quest. I don't like. I'm not a big fan of like NIS games or like you know Reseteer. Like I don't like that that super fluffy whimsy sort of thing. 
but this is like this game was like lighthearted but tied in seriousness with it so it made like you know the happy peppy adventure thing all the better because it's like well you were adventuring but now the world's in danger but yeah so without you know further ado i promised i wouldn't say that again but it's the great silver shrine and this one's by tatsuyuki maeda so enjoy that song it's just like right when you get to that like it's like like it's just you you first walk into the dungeon and you know you're you're walking around and then all of a sudden right when it hits that part where it's like you start running up the freaking walls and just uh and like i feel like everybody who played that game must have had a a similar experience to me like i I ran up the wall and i went oh this is the best game ever made (laughs) like you it's an awesome song it reminds me of illusion of gaia Again, I said this on the last music podcast, but apparently that's how I describe things. Like, it's like derp. It sounds like Illusion of Gaia. I forget what it's called, but it's got that, like, uh, rat-a-tat-tat drum kind of thing, like the in some parts. And yeah, it's that combined with the synthiness reminds me of Illusion of Gaia. It's, to me, it's, it evokes images of, like, space. You said, you know, it's like the moon dungeon, right? So... Uh, space and stuff. I I don't remember. I told Stephen I 
remember fighting the final boss of Skies of Arcadia, but I don't remember this dungeon, and I don't remember if I ever beat it or not. Shame, I know. Uh, yeah. But it's that's a cool song. I'm glad that you reminded me of it, because I didn't remember it. And this is making me want to go replay Skies of Arcadia. Everything makes you want to replay Skies of Arcadia. Well, I haven't played... Like, I, it's, it's one of the rare games It's like, my favorite game ever that I haven't replayed. Like, like my three favorite games of the last decade... Like Skies of Arcadia, Shadow Hearts, and Digital Devil Saga. I never replayed any of those. Which is maybe it's because you want to keep the memory pristine. No, I should not. I should not keep it pristine. I should play it again. But then again, I remember that bust it open. I, I have back into it. But yeah, like and it was so cool in this song too, because you get like as you're running on the floor, it makes this kind of tinkling sound. So it's like ding, 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 ding. So you have that like underscoring the song. It's just it was so. Ooh, it's just cool. I'm, I'm I'm very descriptive with my boos and oohs. It made me go, huh. Yeah. So I think you picked the next track. It wasn't the one I would have picked, but it's a good selection, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, I wanted something that encapsulated the adventuriness, because that's a word. Um, the adventurous yeah. feeling you get when you play Skies of Arcadia, which is being on the world map mostly. So I picked one of the uh, world map themes. This is the one when you're flying the Little Jack Drachma ship. And I like it because it's very... It is whimsical, as much as Stephen hates that word. It's got the very light flutiness. And I feel like when I hear it, there's like clouds parting and sun and it's time to fly off on a new adventure. I, I really like this one a lot. So. I, don't, I don't think it's... I, like whimsical, yeah, but I don't think it has that like fluffy kind of like meaningless sound to it. Like, it, like the annoying fluffy? Like thing. there's still some weight to it. It's like, yeah, you're flying around, you're on an adventure, but this is like, you know, you got stuff to do. It's not like, oh, I like selling items in my shop and then, oh, golly gee, mid-boss hey, showed up. Why are you going to hate on Reseteer? Actually I, actually, I went into a Disgaea rant there. Yeah, I noticed I that. I know people love those games, and I like I it. I don't want to nice. talk about it. I want to talk about how awesome this is, the Little Jack world map theme. Yes, not as good as the Delphinus theme, but it's awesome. Stop it. Just enjoy. <laughs> All right.
Is that not adventure distilled? It is. It's so it's so happy, but it's also like you said, it's got some weight to it. Yeah, like and, you're you're out in this dramatic adventure, but there's also you know it's dramatic. It's not just. Right. It's like the world is open before you, the good and the bad. Yeah. It, one of the good. best parts about that game is that the the Delphinus track does this too, and the Sky Pirate ship does this. Whenever you're, it's integrated into the track, and you probably heard it. There's the Nasrad, Ixataka, and Valua like instrumentation gets worked into it. So like when you're flying past Ixataka, you can hear like drums in the song, like like you know tribal sounding drums. So it's like you're flying past this nation, and you can hear people like playing their native music, like wailing on the drums. And then you know you get this real dramatic like empire type music when you're near Valua. Like that when you're in those actual towns, those instruments are used. So late game, the Delphinus track is longer because you can go to every nation with it. So you'll have the main Delphinus theme when you're out in the world. But then when you fly close to a nation, it like changes to be like that nation. It's just, I don't think I've ever played, trying to think of another JRPG that's ever done that, where your world map song changes depending on what nation you're in. It's just the dynamic changing. I love it. And it adds so much to the atmosphere. And yeah. another game that does that is, it's not a JRPG, but uh, Nier does that a little bit. Yeah, um, you're actually, you're right. You're right. Well, I'll call that a JRPG. Like with the singing and all that. But Everything it's, near- it's such a cool idea and it's so underutilized. I guess it probably might get boring if every game did it. Well, could it really? I mean... The thing is, it makes everything feel really cohesive. Like that was one of the things with Skies of Arcadia is you didn't feel like you were just traveling through like a list of locations. It really felt like you were exploring a world. Like there were like the treasures and stuff, and then there was like you knew the moment that game started, you were like, "There's something beneath the clouds, and I want to know what it is." Yeah. And you know, maybe they maybe they followed through with that. I don't want to spoil anything. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Who knows? But it, it's just it made the world feel so cohesive. It was one of the many ways it felt cohesive. Because you know, with the world map, with it's all air, it could get really generic after a while. Because like, oh, there's another rocky island. Here we go. But it didn't, and that's why Skies of Arcadia is awesome. Among many, many reasons. If you haven't played Skies of Arcadia, you should. This was the second soundtrack I ever bought. The first one I bought was Chrono Cross, uh, and it's brilliant. So the other big RPG that you can hardly talk about Dreamcast without mentioning is Grandia 2. This was the... Immediately after I finished Skies of Arcadia, I I literally bought a Dreamcast just to play Skies of Arcadia, my broken Skies of Arcadia disc. So immediately after, I go, gosh, I want to play another RPG on Dreamcast, and... I was like, oh, my options are Time Stalkers and... Evolution and Elemental Gimmick Gear. Well, at the time, though, I, I, I thought Evolution was cool because I was like, oh, I have a Dreamcast. I want to play Dreamcast games. And I played Evolution. This is pretty cool. And the more I played yeah. it, I was like, well, this isn't quite as cool as I thought. I mean, I don't know. I, I know a lot of people liked it, but I just... It was the same for me. It was like it was the first Dreamcast RPG, so you played it and you're like, oh, my God, next gen. Whoa, look at those graphics. And then Skies of Arcadia comes out. You're like, wait, 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 what? But Grandia 2 was an excellent game. I didn't I didn't like it quite as much as Skies of Arcadia. You know, I, I remember, like, the bad guy, and I remember Ryudo was, you know, the jerk. He was voiced by Cam Clark. So I was like, oh, cool, Liquid Snake is in this game. But, I, you know, I, I don't associate quite as fond memories with that game as I do with Skies of Arcadia. However, the music by Noriyuki Iwadare, who's, you know, Lunar, he's a legend, is awesome. And it has some of my favorite battle themes. I think, ooh, I don't know if I want to say I like it better than Skies of Arcadia in terms of battle themes, but they're awesome battle themes. And the first track I picked from it is uh, called Purification of Darkness, Battle at the Parts, um, which is an obtuse title, but it's an awesome song. And it makes and sense within it, the context of the game. Yeah, it makes sense. And I mean, if you've played the game, you're going to recognize the track immediately because like 
right as this opening part, it's like dun 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 dun. Like your characters are running into the battle, so it's 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 very like I I have very fond memories tied into this song. But here we go, purification of darkness. That theme is so high stakes. It's like, don't screw up. You're going to get hit with a demonic eye laser. I, I, it's been so long. I, I barely remember like any actual like events in the game. I just remember like the girl and the twist with the girl. And I remember the bad guy. And I remember the, the super evil Pope monster man. So you remember every Japanese RPG. Yeah, basically. And I remember very... Uh, I'm my, kidding. My, I love my, Japanese RPG. My friend who totally hates JRPGs, but for some reason I got him to play this and he liked it. Oh, Rob? Kids. No. Not Rob. <laughs> um, we... This is too much. Yes. So my friend that hates JRPGs played it, and I just remember we have this quote, and to this day, he doesn't even remember the game. He just remembers, chill out! Ice prison! <laughs> and I, I have so I many of those. All I remember. That... You know what that song does, too, that I... I 
not a lot of songs do because they loop. That song has an end. Like it goes back to the thing. It's like dun 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 bomb bomb, and then it ends. And the, I don't know. That's seems like a random thing to point out, but I just it's it's cool. I'm I'm sorry, but I, I have to bring up the other ones because like I have friends also that we we have jokes about like cheesy RPG lines that we just say to troll each other every now and then. So I actually have one from each Grandia game. The first one is uh, Grandia One. Fina's fires. Oh, flame, burn him! <laughs> and then ah, voice acting. I, I guess I don't know that I, it's so good, right? I don't know that I have one from two, but from three it was a uh, Alfina. Her like, oh, God, what was it? It was like, oh, divine comet, illuminate the darkness. Oh, I remember that. I, yeah. <laughs> all, all I remember about three is that it wasn't as good, and I felt like it was trying to jack something from Skies of Arcadia. Were there sky islands in that one? Mm, no, but Grandia three like had such a cool beginning. And then it just sort of turned into your typical story of saving the world. It was so cool, though, like in the beginning, uh, when you when you have uh, Yuki's mom in the party, like how awesome is that? How many parents go on the adventure with you? And then she ends up leaving, not a spoiler, I guess. Well, she actually, ends up leaving, and then the game just sort of gets like progressively more derivative. And shout out to uh, Kim Wallace, who did an awesome article on Game Informer. She used to write for us, so we love her. Well, she's awesome anyway, but she works for Game Informer now, and she did an article about um, the moment when Yuki's mom leaves the party in Grandia 3 that I thought was really cool. So if for some reason you can dig that article up on Game Informer's website, uh, take a look at that. It's a cool game. Yeah, I remember getting to that part. That My memories of that game were vague, but I remember it being pretty cool. But we're supposed to be talking about music, aren't we? Well, no, actually, if we're going to talk about quotes, I have to at least mention that in Ark the Lad, Twilight of the Spirits, the main character said, taste the wind blade of urine. He didn't say, f- he, he was supposed to be saying fury, but he was like, taste the wind blade of urine. Maybe I, it's like when you, you pee in a typhoon or something. Maybe I misheard it, but I don't know. So yeah, that Battle of the Parts, cool song. Derek, I think you picked something that, I don't know, maybe is a little more iconic, because no, I guess not everybody would have beaten the game. Yeah, you I know that. Well, well, we want to. We're trying to introduce people to stuff they may not have heard, or stuff that they have heard and haven't. You know, it's been a while, so they're like, "Oh, cool, I remember that." Um, basically, we just want to spread the music love. But this track is just the very first battle theme for Grandia Two, just called Fight Version One. I'm sure you've heard it if you've played Grandia, and I'm sure it gets stuck in your head all the time because it gets stuck in mine. But it's a really fun, high-energy rock track. So take a listen. Fight Version One by Noriyuki Iwadare.
So rocking. Yeah, that I, I was telling Derek while we were listening to it, I, I actually forgot uh, that part at the end is a super cool one. It's just the guitar, and it's like... Uh, I'm not going to keep doing that, but, you know... Yep, no, recreate the entire song. Go ahead. I'll wait. No, that'll come for a special blooper episode when we get to 50. Oh, okay, well, we already have some material for that. Yeah, I'll probably forget that we have it, though. But yeah, it's the Grandia battle theme. It's pretty cool. So, with that said we're done discussing our music tracks for now uh, for this topic at least so um the next segment we're going to have is we're going to talk about some news items and things of note so first i just wanted to touch on some of the releases that we've got coming up uh, on february um the first one that's coming up is it's an artinelico box called crut hymneth the songs that conversed with the gods artinelico hymnos concert complete box <sighs> and in case the name didn't give it away you can go to the vgmdb listing and look at the list of arrangers that's like 60 it's, people or something it's absurd I, i'm yeah. not i'm not as familiar with artinelico's music although i'm gonna try to get us a copy of this box to listen to um yeah but it's it's but extensive if you've ever wanted all of the artinelico music at once there you go yeah. Yeah, all, actually, all of the music. Well, actually, no, this this isn't, it's not the soundtracks. I think it's actually from a live concert. It's a recording from a live concert. Okay, well, either way, it's a lot. <laughs> and it should actually, it's going to be out by the time that this podcast comes out. So we've got that. And uh, we've got the Shining Arc Tenshi no Fan Disc, which is a disc that you get if you pre-order the upcoming PSP game Shining Arc in Japan. Which looks um, like Valkyria Chronicles. It does. It's like Valkyria Chronicles and um, Sil- Silicon Era said it's like that mixed with FF10, which it does look like because it has a turn order kind of system. So um, in it other words, it's the most really good ever designed. And we're never going to get it. We're not going to get it. Get it. But if you no, pre-order no. it in Japan and can't play it, you can at least get the fan disc, which is the full soundtrack by Hiroki Kikuda. Is the secret of Mana. Lovely, lovely secret of Mana composer. Yep. So. so that's exciting if you live in Japan. And then finally, there's an East Zanmai album coming out on February 28th, also in Japan. I, I think it goes without saying most of this stuff is in Japan. If if it's for a Japanese game, I mean, you can uh, still you can still buy it though. Um, yeah. Like on Play Asia or on CD Japan. And the Zanmai albums are actually a series of like remix albums from various Falcom series. Like they have Yeast Boss Zanmai, which we'll have a review coming of. Probably by the time this is up. And then you have, like, I think there's Sora no Kiseki Zanmai coming later. Yeah, coming out. Yeah, so they're, like, Falcom JDK arrangements because they love to arrange and iterate on their music, and they do a good job with it, so. Yep, so there's that to look forward to. And aside from those three main releases, got a couple other items of note. There is, uh, the, on the Hyper Dimension Neptunia Victory soundtrack, that's the third Neptunia game, even though V... It was initially called like Hyperdimension Neptunia V, which ever made everybody confused because they were like five. How are there five already? But for that soundtrack, there's actually going to be music on it from Earthbound Papas, which is the band headed by Nobu Uematsu and I believe his protege. I forget his protege's name. I don't remember it's, if he's in it or not. It's uh, Sutoma Narita and uh, my one of my favorite composers ever, Yoshitaka Hirota, the Shadow Hearts of Shadow Hearts fame. It's like their band. Um, they have an album that is actually also going to have a review at RPG Fan soon, but it's a great album full of like square music and just some original stuff that they've done, which I, I thought it was interesting that they did, they're doing Victory because Kenji Kaneko and Tenpei Sato, I think, did the first two Neptune yeah. games, which we've also reviewed, so be sure to mm-hmm. check out their uh, soundtracks. 
Yeah, um, so if anything, at least I'll listen to the music since I don't want to play another Neptunia game. I don't either, but I'll yeah, I'll definitely be listening to it. Yeah. They, they hook me. Yep. And next up on the Nintendo Direct uh, blowout that we touched on in the last Random Encounter episode, you may have seen the teaser for the new uh, Project X game coming out for Wii U. And we found out that the soundtrack for that is going to be composed by Hiroyuki Sawano, uh, who is a Japanese composer that's worked on various TV and anime series in Japan. And I am literally not familiar with anything he's done. But I, I, I just thought it was worth noting because it's not going to be Ace Plus, Yoko Shimamura, and um, right. the other person who did Xenoblade. I reviewed that soundtrack a long time ago. Yeah, and they also it's also interesting because they they mentioned the composer's name in the in that very first teaser trailer. So clearly they're they're probably banking some of the success of the game on the good music. So I I have high hopes. I hope it's going to be good. Everything about that game has me with high hopes. So I'm hoping yeah, it's uh, going to work out. Well, you know how I feel about Xenoblade. Love forever. I you know, actually I just, that too. I just started playing it again actually. So I'm gonna I'm gonna finish. Keep going. It. It's it. Every time I go back to it, I'm like, this game has the best battle theme. Yeah, it really does. You hear it, and you're like, oh, no, go, like, because the, the song is like four minutes long, but your battles always last like 30 seconds. So it's like, well, I didn't get to the awesome part or the awesomer yeah. part. I guess you could do a worse job and listen to it more. Or you could just listen to the soundtrack, which you have because you reviewed it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then we've also got a full album release coming for Nino Cooney uh, in March, which is interesting because the. Up, up until now, that does, there does not exist a full album um, for Nino Kuni, and this one is going to be published by Wyo Records. I believe it's Wyo or Wyo Records, and it's going to include not only the DS soundtrack but the PS3 soundtrack as well, plus unreleased tracks. And the soundtrack is one of the best things about Nino Kuni, so that's worth being excited about too. And finally, there's going to be a full album release uh, for Fire Emblem Awakening, which is an awesome game that everybody's playing right now for good reason. Uh, the soundtrack is going to be four discs, which should tell you how much music there is in that game. And that is going to be released on March 27th. And I definitely want to hear that. And I'm sure we'll have a review of that on the site as well. Absolutely, we will. I think the game was called uh, Fire Emblem Kakusei in Japanese. Yeah, and that's, that's what the album is called, too. And there, I don't think there's any word yet if it's going to get a local re- uh, domestic release. I hope it does, but at the very least, I'd like to see it on iTunes. But I suppose we would have to look more into that. But I digress. Is that is that what we've got for news today, Derek? That is it. That's it for news. I yep. mean, our, our, our news that's technically old news, but still items of interest. Well, uh, so because I don't want anybody who loves Dreamcast to get mad at me, we have one last track we're going to close out with, and it's from... A series that is not an RPG, but it's it's an adventure game, and it's sort of a big deal. It's called Shenmue, and we'll never know how it ends, because unless you like cell phone games... We're going to spend the rest of our lives looking for those sailors. Wasn't he looking for a mirror, though? I don't remember. I, I didn't play the second one. Yeah, but I mean... Did he find the mirror? Sailors, man. Did he? I don't know. <laughs> My only memories of Shenmue are driving a forklift around. Like I literally remember nothing about that game, except that I won a Sonic thing in an arcade machine... And yeah. I drove a forklift a lot. My memories are feeding kittens, uh, playing Gashapon machines, and uh, playing arcade games like Space Harrier. I think that was the first time I played Space Harrier was in Shenmue. And I was like, what's this? Oh, my God. And then I was like, oh, I'm a stupid kid. 
my uh, my uncle worked in an arcade growing up that had like the classic classic Space Harrier machine. So if I ever wanted to play a game, he would just open it up and like give me fifty credits. So I, beat, awesome. I I beat Space Harrier as a wee lad. That's so cool. Mostly mostly through blunt force. I was terrible at it, so I just kept dying and having him adding more credits. But you know whatever. Yeah. So our final track is, uh, I I would consider it the main theme of Shenmue. It's Shenmue Sedge Tree. Uh, it's by Takenobi Mitsuyoshi, and. Uh, we hope you enjoy it as much as you enjoy not playing the third Shenmue that I don't wow. think is ever going to get. So they're not going to enjoy this at all. Yeah, well, that didn't make any sense, but you should enjoy this track. We hope you like awesome. the music. But but also, before we go, if you enjoyed the show, please let us know. If you didn't enjoy it, just keep your mouth shut. No, but seriously, if you, <laughs> have, if you have suggestions for ways we can improve, ideas for topics for the second half of the shows, like something you'd really like to hear, you know, if you want me to stop going over how much I really, really love the games we're, uh, we're talking about. I guess if I could you, do that. If you ever wanted to know what a foil Charizard tastes like, any of those things, it tastes you like could email us. Sad. It ta- yeah, it tastes like being a bratty kid. But yeah, you no. can email me directly at stevenm at rpgfan.com or derek at rpgfan.com. We don't have a special address set up for this show yet, but you could theoretically email podcast at rpgfan.com as well. Uh, but yeah, so please send us your comments, concerns, interests. Uh, we should have this available on iTunes as well, uh, so you can subscribe and review us there and give us five stars out of five. That's it. Thanks for listening, and taking us out is Sedge Street from Shenmue.